Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. I tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. Hey, Stugas, is a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby? God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stugas, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. Listening is optional. Uh, Mikey A., what are we doing today? <laughs> Why did I just morph in the man dog? Mikey A., how are you today? Get out there, Mikey A., how are you today? Have you done that show yet? I know you have to. All right, have you done it yet? No, I haven't done it yet. I am. Uh, there are a few shows during this little free agency period that I'm going to do uh, just to piss off Dan. Like, I'm going to fill in for Boomer Esiason on WFAN and do the show with Giannotti because he's a friend of mine. I'm going to do Adam Shine's show. I'm going to do Mad Dog's show. I'm going to do Dan Patrick's show. Now, I'm telling you this without having asked Dan Patrick. <laughs> what does he have to do with it? <laughs> Uh, he doesn't care at this point. You listen, he was a guest on Stupid. Does, does it sound like Dan Patrick cares about anything at this point in his career? No, no. I, I mean, yeah, you, he he basically brushed off the entire thing, and it was like, what what do you want to do? What the fuck do you want to do? Let's go. By the way, if you do uh, Mad Dog, I'm calling in as all the New York callers that he's ever had in his entire career at WFAN, and I'm just going to scream at you as the New York callers. I want Jeff Nelson off this team. I want his mother off this team. I want Aaron Boone fired. I'm just going to scream at you. 
All right, let's try it out. Okay. Um, no, no, I'm gonna be mad dog here. All right, let's go out to uh, <laughs> Joey in the Bronx. Joey Sal. in the Bronx. No no. no, 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 no. Let's go out to Sal, who's in Brooklyn today. Good afternoon, Sal. How you doing? How you doing? Listen, I got a couple things to say about my beloved Jets. All right, what are we doing with this guy, Deshaun Watson? Why is he gonna be any better with those scrubs we got hanging around them? I want all these guys off this team. I want a new roster. I want it today. How you doing? I'll hang up. And listen. <laughs> that was the show. That's the show. That, that was the that, entire that show. Was what what we just what we just played out for you was the show that got me into this business. It's the show that I fell in love it's with. It's my childhood. <laughs> Such a big part of my childhood. All my fondest memories are listening to Mike and Chris. It's crazy. Good call. Um yeah, all my fondest memories of are, are listening to. <laughs> Man, I had a bad child. <laughs> and so did you. <laughs> it just dawned on me. Did you see? I was like in mid sentence, and I was like, "Wait a second. My fondest memories are Mike and Chris. They are." No, not not playing uh, outside. Uh, yeah. No, no, so listen, Tom Brady is about to play in his 10th Super Bowl. And so it's it's Super Bowl week, Mike. And so I'm just wondering, I like you have been sending me text about a person that you spoke to yesterday. Yes. About a documentary that is coming out this week, inexplicably, <laughs> I think five years <laughs> after the fact, about the flake gate. Yes. Uh, what the hell are we doing? What are we doing to Tom Brady as he as he as he's about to play in his tenth Super Bowl, Mike? So you and I are diehard Jet fans, and I know I'm convinced, and we haven't really spoken about it, but I'm pretty sure because you're a Jet fan, you're convinced that there is no way this is happening without cheating, okay? That, like, Tom Brady must cheat. The Patriots have been cheating. We know that. So this guy, Robert Blecker, he's a professor emeritus at, uh, at New York Law School, and he was in this documentary called Four Games in the Fall. So the four games of the fall that Brady missed, obviously, yes. right? Yes, that's okay. uh, that's what it alludes to. Yeah. He's, because he was suspended for cheating, yes. right? Okay. And okay. basically, Robert is going to defend Tom Brady. And when I spoke to him yesterday and I told him who we are, he basically, he called me Hatriots. He called us Hatriots. <laughs> and I said, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But that doesn't mean that I want him to convince us that Tom Brady is innocent. Okay. All right, so we're, oh, that's what we're doing. Okay, so you and I, as Jet fans, regardless of whatever proof is put in front of us, uh, we are conditioned to think that Tom Brady is a cheater, and so you are bringing a guy on who will who will vehemently, okay, disagree with us and will provide us with proof that Tom Brady did not cheat, did not deserve that four game suspension, and if he can convince us, then he can convince anyone. Right, so he's basically going to try to convince us that Tom Brady did not cheat. We're entrenched that Tom Brady is the biggest cheater in the history of sports. I mean, that's it, right? I, I don't want to say Robert has no shot at convincing us, but it's not climbing right. Mount Everest. This is ice skating up Mount Everest that he's going to try and do. Okay, I just don't see how he. This will be the most difficult task of his life. Is that what you're saying? I can't see how he's going to convince. Two absolutely miserable Jet fans like us that Tom Brady and the Patriots aren't cheaters. All right, so this guy, so he is a big part. So he, this is not the director or the executive producer. This is just a gentleman who's an attorney 
who's clearly a patron. He's fan, he's a big who, part of the documentary. And when I reached out to the director, she was happy to. She said, "I'm happy to come on with you, but I think it will be better for you to have this guy on." Okay. All right, so he's a gas bag. Yes, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's a gas bag Patriot fan who happens to be an attorney. What he what he had said to me yesterday was how we're using the evidence is absolutely crazy. How we're just making things up. Okay, and I said I didn't I didn't so make it up. I I saw deflated footballs. Right, exactly right. So, all right, so we'll let him try to convince us. <laughs> listen, I'm between you and I, listen, this is between me, you, and the audience, okay? Whatever he says, he ain't convincing us, okay? <laughs> let me just say it on the front. I don't care if he presents me, okay? With Tom Brady taking those deflated balls and blowing them up and making them bigger by himself. I don't care. I'll still say he cheated. Okay? Getting an air pump himself and doing it on the sideline will not convince me. Distinct video evidence of him being like, guys, these are underinflated. I've told you a thousand times. They have to be a certain level. And then him getting the little pin and putting it in the football and pumping it up with the air pump will not convince me that Tom Brady didn't cheat. Uh, quick game of athletes that connote cheaters. I mean, <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> he is a cheater. He doesn't connote cheating. No, I like that though. That would be uh, that would be athletes that connote uh, old time sitcoms. Tom Brady, <laughs> uh, Tyreek Hill, the cheetah. Ooh, I like that. So you have to think like banks, right? There's there's plenty sure. of banks, right? There have to be plenty of banks. Marcus Banks, I think, is, is a guy I recall. There's got to be plenty of banks. Um, and then you get into like what other things? Can like, well, there's robs, Rob, robbers, yeah. robs. There's banks. There's skis, skis. Anyway. Bill Romanowski. Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> Ski mask. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Um, I'm just, Tommy the Gun Morrison. <laughs> ah. oh, I'm trying to think. Athlete. Pistol no, Pete. That's, that's actually Rob. Yeah, but now we're just robbing banks. That's not cheating. But but cheaters, like cheating. I'm thinking like cheaters. Uh, <laughs> I like Tyreek Hill. It's fantastic. A cheater. <laughs> I emptied the tank real early. I emptied the tank real early in this game. You, you really did. I'm very upset. Like, give me some cheating terms. What are some cheating Lying? terms? Lying. Um, um, let me let me let me let me look here. I'm gonna go to my uh, this little thing I like to call Google. Google later. <laughs> the Google machine. Terms, cheating terms. <laughs> you would think I would know this. I mean, someone who cheated, cheats for a living. Uh, you don't yeah, cheat. Yeah. There's a. You don't cheat. You you swindle. I do. Very. Thank you, Mike. It's a very nice way of saying I'm a cheater. That's what Brady did. He swindled. He swindled those balls. <laughs> Trickery, chicanery. It's a funny word. Always chicanery. Fraud and me, cigars, guile, craftiness, Bob Craft. There we go, Bob Craftiness. That's his new name, Bob Craftiness. Oh, 
Did I end the game right there? I think you did. I mean, oh. Slick Rick. This is, oh, wow. That's pretty good. That is really, really good. Uh, cunning. <laughs> Deceit. <laughs> I don't like it. It's like I'm looking in the mirror right now. Like, I, this are, I was going to say, are you are you just reading your, your, your Valentine's card from your wife? <laughs> Oh my god. All right, I'm closing this page out. <laughs> page is done. All right, so we're going to have this uh this uh this attorney on from the documentary. What is the uh name of the doc, Mike? Four games in the fall. We it's, said uh, Oh, you yes. said four Yeah, yeah, four games in the fall. So I need to promote that. It's on Amazon? It is on Amazon. Four games of the fall, Amazon. It's available right now. It's available. Right? It's go available now. Were, I was you, gonna watch it. You were gonna watch it to prep for this, but then you realized you had to pay, pay for, for it. it. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to call me and say, "Stu, I need to watch this prep work." That and listen, for future reference, just call me. I will pay for it, and you just put it under the prep work. Well, okay? I, there's plenty of stuff on HBO Max I need, so I'm gonna need a subscription. Stu, right. Stu, right. baby. Here's, 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 here's what's gonna happen. Hey, still Pornhub subscription. <laughs> Listen, anybody who's still paying for porn has bigger problems. <laughs> Show prep. <laughs> yeah, but the, listen... I realize you get it for free, but I I heard this from a friend. <laughs> subscription, it's like a whole new level and a whole new world when you actually do pay for it. Okay, all right. So we have uh, we have Robert Blecker on uh, now. What do you? How do you pronounce this, Professor Emeritus? Emeritus. Emeritus. Really? This is very exciting. <laughs> the guy who's going to try to convince us that Tom Brady is not a cheater. Explain to me how he's playing in his 10th Super Bowl at 43. Go ahead. <laughs> Did you see the stat today of the list of, of quarterbacks that were admitted to the Hall of Fame younger than Tom Brady is right now playing in the Super Bowl? No. Like Steve Young was 42 when he got into the like when he went Dan Marino the when they went into the Hall of Fame and Tom Brady is a right. year older and he's playing in the Super Bowl. Is there a chance Brady gets uh when he finally makes it to the Hall of Fame will be dead? <laughs> I mean <laughs> I guess not. He's playing football at 40. That guy's going to live forever, isn't he? <laughs> he is. <laughs> Cuz he cheats. You, you know that? <laughs> yes. You know that that premise used to scare the hell out of me. Because he was on the Patriots. And now I'm like, yeah, play five more years. Do it in Tampa. Leave right. me alone. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's just I just cannot believe we are about to watch in 2021. If I told you in 2011, 10 years from now, you'll be, still be watching Brady and Gronk in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you would have been like, Stu, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> can you? Yet here can we you are. Can you root for him? Like I'm somebody like now that he's out of New England, I can root for him. I'm I, I'm rooting oh, I, for, I mean, listen. For, for him in Tampa. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lite. So we have, always will. 
Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. I wonder if Boston fans are rooting. Oh, uh, we have the uh, we have the attorney yes. on Robert Blecker. How do you pronounce this, Professor Emeritus at New York Law School? Emeritus. Is that, is that, uh, yes. My... Yes. Oh, see, Mike, you were right, Mikey. Uh, I have about that. Emeritus. Yeah, yeah. I, I spoke to Robert yesterday. <laughs> we 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 got this out there. Yeah. Th- think of me as a philosopher of sport more than as an attorney. <laughs> No, I'm serious. Okay, fine. Okay, I will. I mean, no, that's fine. You're, you're listen. I love it. You're the philosopher of sport. I love it. Um, that is. So, what is your role here? Because uh, Mikey A said he spoke to you yesterday. You're very passionate. You have two Jet fans on the line, by the way. Uh, we think Tom Brady's a cheater. It is your job to convince us that he is not. Okay? By the way, my my, con- my condolences on being a Jet fan. <laughs> Thank you. No, no, actually, they accused me of, in the film, in the f- first promos for the film. It's a, it's a very good piece of work, and I say that I don't get any money from it, but uh, it's very convincing. I mean, even for Jet fans, as self-deluded right. as they are, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's. By the way, are you out? Are you both out as Jet fans? I mean, can I, can I acknowledge that publicly? And uh, will you acknowledge yeah, it? Publicly? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we, we, we have. We, I've been doing it for twenty years, acknowledging it. Publicly, unfortunately, but uh, well, the, the, yeah, we're the, both out. We have both admitted to our jet fandom. Yes. Well, the masochism involved in that and the delusion, but that's okay. It's, 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 you're right. It's, you're right. I'm not a Patriots. I'm not a Patriots fan either. By the way, I'm not. I mean, if you, if, if you see the movie, two of the leading. I'm I'm one of two. Well, one of three actually leading voices. One of them is Mike McCann, who is a Patriots fan, but um, John Leonard who's the uh, a professor of measurements at MIT takes you through the science and the mathematics. Wow. And uh, he's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And his, con- okay, so what, so, so his conclusion what, what is he, he said he would stake his reputation on, on the fact really? that they did not cheat. Okay. Um, I mean, that's not convincing enough. I still <laughs> no, no. But anyway, Rob, Right, go ahead. By the way, <laughs> Rob, I can't see. Rob, I'm telling you, your biggest mission is going to be able to convince me and Mike. Okay. And maybe you will, okay? And you're off to a decent start, although I'm not there yet, where your mission today is to convince us that Tom Brady is not a cheater. And if you could do that, then listen, we'll, we'll roll with you. We're not saying we're adverse to it, we're, but you just have to convince us. Okay, that's fine. That's that- and science ain't going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> So, Rob, why were you one of the the three main people that spoke in this movie? And by the way, four games in the fall. It's available right now uh, on Amazon. So, so go check it out. Uh, unless you're Mikey A and your credit card doesn't work. Uh, so, Robert, why are you uh, featured in this film? Explain that. Um, well, one of the reasons was that I appeared on 60 Minute Sports because I had discovered objective evidence of the fraud. Uh, the referee, if you remember, the, the, the essence of the allegation of Deflategate is that all the Patriots balls, which were measured at halftime in an extraordinary moment, it had never been done before. Remember, there was a ball that was intercepted. It, it felt soft. They measured the PSI. They measured the Patriots balls in the locker room at halftime. They measured four of the Colts balls. 
um, all of the, the way the NFL announced it and the way the media seized hold of it was that all of the Patriots balls measured below the minimum level, a uh, legal level of pressure, which was 12.5 PSI pounds per square inch. And all of the Colts balls measured above it. Uh, first of all, that's not true, but e even assuming it were, it, it turns out the league was completely ignorant of the ideal gas law. The Patriots balls, the league rules require that the balls start out between 12.5 and 13.5 pounds per square inch. Tom Brady, whose hands are not law, uh, large, prefers the lower end of the range, always preferred it at 12.5. So in the locker room, all the balls were set and the referee used one of two gauges that he had 48 times to measure the balls, 24 Patriots balls and 24 Colts balls. The balls were measured at 12.5 in a 71 degree locker room. They were then taken out onto a wet field and played for two hours in 41 degrees and rain. Since one of the balls felt soft, all the balls were taken back into the locker room and remeasured and all of them measured in below 12.5. Well, of course they measured below 12.5. They were set at 12.5, which is the legal minimum, in a 71 degree dry locker room. If you take your car in a cold morning and measure the tire pressure, you will find that your tires have become deflated because the cold will deflate them. So if you measure them at the, initially at the legal minimum in a 71 degree locker room and then play with them for two hours in the cold and rain of, and then measure them immediately upon returning to the locker room, of course they will measure below the legal minimum. If they didn't, science couldn't explain it. In fact, as John Leonard points out in the film, and John Leonard, again, is a professor of measurements at MIT and a Philadelphia Eagles fan. As John Leonard points out, they measured exactly where they should have measured under the ideal gas law. And so the, the attack on the Patriots for cheating was, first of all, all the, all the balls, the Patriots balls measured below the legal minimum. Of course they did since they were set at the legal minimum and then played in cold, wet weather. The second attack was all the Patriots balls measured below the legal minimum while the Colts balls measured above the legal minimum. First of all, they only measured four Colts balls in the locker room at halftime and three out of the four measured above the legal minimum and the fourth did not. But Remember, they weren't set at the legal minimum. They were set in the middle range at 13.0. And when they were taken back to the locker room, first the Patriots balls were measured. And then, believe it or not, somehow in the exponent report, they couldn't come to an agreement as to what happened next. Only three things happened in a locker room. And there were two people measuring and two people observing, all NFL officials. Patriots balls measured. Patriots balls reinflated back to the legal minimum, actually to the middle range, 13-0, and then Colts balls measured, and then the second half began. The only plausible order was Patriots balls measured, Patriots balls reinflated, four Colts balls measured. After all, why would they stop at four except the second half was due to begin and they were late, and then back out to the locker room. The significance of that is 
during the seven minutes that it took them to first measure the Patriots balls and then reinflate them to the legal minimum. All during that time, the Colts balls are warming up in the same 71 degree locker room and reinflating. So the pressure increases as they get warmer. So the bottom line of all of this is that science fully explains the drop in measured pressure of the Patriots balls, the greater drop in Patriots balls pressure than the Colts balls, and the greater dispersion in the measurements because of the wet. Remember also that the Patriots dominated the first half of this game, which meant they were playing with the balls and they were out and in, in the weather. And the Colts only had uh, played with them for a few minutes and only with a few of them. So most of them were still in the bag and they weren't as wet. But Robert, it's uh, I, this is an important part to point out for your credibility, and you know this. You said you're not a no, Patriot I'm not. Fan, correct? I, 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 when I first heard that they had been caught cheating, I was thrilled, and I said, "Oh, good! They finally got the Patriots, and they finally got Tom Brady." <laughs> and then when when and when I read the uh, the report, the Wells report, so-called Wells report, based upon this yeah. this uh, uh, company exponent, who should have known better. Look, one of the questions is. Before you label one of the great quarterbacks, you may not like Tom Brady, and I was no Brady fan, but you have to rank him as one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all times. I mean, he's now about to enter his 10th Super Bowl with, with a team that, that certainly was not expected to be there um, this year. He has now gotten a label of cheat attached to him by people like you, and but not only you, generally um, the public. He's going to retire soon. I mean, one wonders when at 43, when he's still apparently at the top of his game. There will at, at present be an asterisk next to his name. Yes, he was a great, great, great quarterback, but he was caught cheating. And think about that, the nature of that allegation, especially from someone who really respects the game of football, which he does. He's been labeled a cheat, and he isn't. Now, how sure do you have to be that someone's a cheat? before you're convinced that he is a cheat. Well, in the criminal law, which I taught for decades, the standard burden of persuasion is proof beyond a reasonable doubt. In theory, Brady was punished. I mean, that's the title of the movie, Four Games in Fall. If you recall, he was punished by missing the first four games of the season as well, and supposedly the salary uh, that he would lose from it, although the Patriots restructured his contract in such a way that the financial hit would virtually disappear. But he had to sit out the first four games. So he was in theory punished, although this was not a criminal trial. I mean, it wasn't a trial at all. And I hope we can get into that too, how outrageous the violation of due process was on the part of the NFL. But if, if you attach proof beyond a reasonable doubt, there is no even arguable proof beyond a reasonable doubt that he cheated. Okay. But that's not the burden of persuasion that's required. Burden of persuasion that's required in, in, in the NFL's perverted, twisted, distorted process was a preponderance of the evidence that is more likely than not. Well, watch the film and, and, and tell me whether you think there's a preponderance of the evidence. But the appropriate burden of, sway, of persuasion is halfway between the two. In the law, when we're concerned with serious allegations like fraud, fraudulent behavior. It may be a civil trial, not a criminal one, but the burden of persuasion is higher than just a preponderance. It's clear and convincing evidence, halfway between more likely than not and certain beyond a reasonable doubt. 
And if, if you attach that burden of persuasion, which is the appropriate version uh, burden before you uh, uh, call somebody a cheat, right. it seems to me any fair-minded person would have to say that not only isn't there clear and convincing evidence that Brady cheated, but there is clear and convincing evidence that nobody cheated except for the NFL in finding that Brady All right, four games in the fall. Check it out on Amazon. Uh, Robert Blecker is with us. Um, How did you get so involved? You're not a Patriot fan, which I think that's important to point out. Why did you get so involved with this? How did you get so involved with this? Well, as a philosopher of sport, I'm interested in sport. I'm interested in football. I was no, there was no one particular team that I rooted for year after year after year. I I rooted for good play. But I had uh, an an annoying feeling that the Patriots had a history of cheating. And so when I read the headlines that they had been caught, I I, I was glad. And then I read the Wells report and I said, boy, this is they really nailed them. And then I, I heard that the Patriots lawyer, Daniel Goldberg, had issued a rejoinder to the Wells report. And I sat down to read it and said, let's see what this let's see what they have the nerve to counter with. And I started reading Daniel Goldberg's um, counter. And I said, oh, oh, really, really, really? And what these reallys attached to were things like, and the movie brings this out very well. Supposedly, remember, he snuck the, 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 the locker room attendants, snuck the footballs into the bathroom for, for 100 seconds. Yeah, they did that. didn't sneak anything. He had two huge bags of balls over his shoulders. Right took the route that he had to take out into the field, was in the bathroom from only for only 100 seconds, which would be just about the time he needs to urinate. Because remember, he's not allowed off the field once he's on the field for the, for the first half. Right. He otherwise had no reason to be rushing it. Nobody stopped him. By the way, he took the same bags of balls back out for the start of the second half. Officials were all over the place. And nobody stopped them. And then you look at, at, at some more of the history of it, and you notice that no one was aware of the ideal gas law. Anyway, so Dan Goldberg's report just counters it piece after piece after piece. And then I started looking into it. And the more I looked into it, the more that the explanation was that the balls were exactly where they should have been. The pressure was where they should have been. More of it cohered. That is, more of it made sense given given the rest of it. By the end of it, I was convinced that the, the that the report was at least plausible. And then the more I looked into it, the more it was confirmed. By the way, in the second amicus brief to the Second Circuit, I wrote the only amicus brief the first time the case went to the Second Circuit. Twenty-one professors of physics and engineering signed on to the amicus brief, attesting to the fact that the ball pressure was exactly where science predicted it should have been and would have been had no one tampered All right, so hold on a second. So 21 or 22 physicists, you just said, right? Is that correct? And engineers. And engineers. And plus, you did a very, very good job of putting it in layman's terms when you talked about the tire. And like, because I live down here in South Florida, so it's warm. I wake up on a day like today, it's in the 40s. And that sign goes off in my car every single time because the tire kind of deflates a little bit. Uh, So, Mikey A., Robert has done a tremendous job. Philosopher of sport has done a tremendous job here uh, making a case that Tom Brady did not cheat. Are you, Mikey A., Jet fan, are you convinced yet? 
No. Yeah, no, me neither. Absolutely me not. neither. I mean, absolutely. It's, still, it's yeah. still Tom Brady and, and New England Patriots. Yeah, no, but no, I have a question. I have a question, Robert. On what Robert. basis? But, but, but what's, your, what's your conclusion based on? Once, he, once he, he established. He, he, my conclusion's based on. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, right. It's based on it's what it's based on what mine was. You want him to be guilty. Yeah, well, so, so Robert, let let me ask you then, why the manhunt? Why why the manhunt to 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 do this to Tom Brady and the Patriots? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, there are a number of explanations uh, which are consistent with each other. First of all, from the NFL's perspective, the Patriots have been bad for business. Very bad for business. Year after year, they won their division. They were eclipsing the larger markets. They were eclipsing the Miami and the New York markets, which were potentially more lucrative. They were sucking the media attention away from the rising stars and the changing teams. I mean, the whole draft system in professional sports is structured in such a way that no team can stay on top for any period of time, except the Patriots were running counter to that. And so it, it, that's one thing. It would be good if the Patriots got a hit and were driven uh, away from being division winners for a few years. Number two, the relationship of, of um, the ownership of the Patriots and the league was um, very problematic because it, it had been long reported that Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, um, had a relationship with Roger Goodell that caused resentment on the part of the other owners. GQ had run a lengthy article in which they characterized Kraft as the assistant commissioner of football. Goodell had eaten at his house the night before the game. They were very close. When the Ray Rice controversy erupted and the NFL botched that, if you remember, trying to double punish him once the videotape uh, was revealed uh, of, yeah. of the abuse of his fiance, later his wife, um, Kraft went on the air in CBS and publicly defended Goodell in, in, at a time when his job may have hung by a thread. So the other owners apparently resented that relationship and Goodell had every incentive to prove that he was independent of Kraft and every incentive to punish him. Now Kraft was caught in a bind. If you remember, Kraft didn't challenge the $1 million fine, loss of the first round, and then fourth round draft picks. And again, the public said, well, if he didn't challenge it, obviously he didn't challenge it because he was guilty. But no, that's not true. He made a mistake by not challenging it, and he later apologized Wait, for but it. Robert, was, it, was he doing Robert Kraft a – was Robert Kraft doing Roger Goodell a favor? No, uh, I don't think so. Um Although that's by a potentially it, by just accepting it and eating it like here, we're friends. Uh, people don't like it. You want to prove that you're independent. Go ahead. Uh, I'll eat it on this one. I'm Brady. I'm Brady of all people. Uh, looked at that way. The, the answer is arguably yes, but take it one step further. So if the owners no longer resent the relationship between the two of them, in that sense, you're right. Kraft is doing Goodell a favor, but one could argue that Kraft is doing Kraft a favor yeah. because Kraft is caught in a bind. You see, Kraft is playing on two teams simultaneously. He is on the one team, the owner of the New England Patriots, but he's playing on another team in a different game at the same time. That other team is the owner's team. It has 32 players on it, each one of which is an owner of a team. Now, the owner's team 
has a different game in mind. They want influence in league matters. Goodell is in a position to punish Kraft a lot worse than with a million-dollar fine, which for him is a rounding error and chump change. He can punish him by a loss of, com of committee slots. In other words, he can diminish Kraft's influence on the NFL. So if he's got to prove that he can punish him, and he does punish him with a $1 million fine and the loss of the first and fourth round draft pick, he's really punishing Kraft as the owner of the Patriots. But he's not punishing Kraft as one of 32 owners on the owner's team because Kraft's influence in the NFL in the league affairs was not diminished by that. Another part of the explanation is, if you want a benevolent explanation, that Kraft was falling on his sword not only to help Goodell, as you point out, but arguably to help Brady. How, how you might ask, well, if, Gra if Kraft accepts the punishment and doesn't challenge it, then the Patriots organization has been eliminated from the contention. Now the only people left against each other is Brady versus the NFL no longer the Patriots. They're out of it now. Right. They've gotten their punishment. They've accepted it. And so Kraft might have believed that the only way to diminish the punishment of Brady was to accept the punishment of the Patriots and free Brady. The only problem with that explanation is, that, and there's the irony. Look, you have to have a grudging admiration for Tom Brady as a great quarterback. Sure. And yet when it came to his, this case, Deflategate, Tom Brady didn't quarterback his own defense. He, he allowed one of the weakest defenses imaginable. The Players Association did a lousy job and botched it. I mean, they did a lousy job in a number of respects, as the film points out. First of all, they agreed to the collective bargaining agreement. Under the collective bargaining agreement, if, if you remember, you know what happened? There was a hearing. The punishment was issued. There was an appeal. And do you know who the appeal went to? Who? Goodell. Roger Goodell. Huh. Think about that. The man sits as the appellate judge. He's going to overrule over his own ruling? <laughs> Are his you own sure? <laughs> Look, in the law, we've known for, for millennia, for thousands of years, a person cannot be a judge in his own case. Human nature will tend to have you vindicate your initial decision. That was ridiculous and outrageous. I mean, the league made so many fundamental um, errors in basic process and fairness. You know that they, if there is a minimum of due process and fairness, it was all violated in this. All right, so Rob science was violated, truth was violated, justice was violated, fairness was violated, decency was violated. All right, so very convincing stuff. Passionate, great information, fantastic. Mikey A., I don't know about you, but I'm still feeling... Watch the film. Four games in full. Watch the film. How can you... Look at him. Perhaps I won't. Look at him. I mean, listen, before... What do you mean, perhaps you won't? By the way, the film goes on. The film goes on. Part of the film I like my version of the film, and my version of the film has Tom Brady letting air out of the footballs in a bad through him with a trainer and then going out and throwing those balls all over the Colts. How about that? I mean, that's my version. That's my movie. Yeah, but nobody has even accused him of going into the bathroom uh, except I you. 
Stugatz has. Yeah. Wait, Only but... the two of you have it, that I have ever heard accused him of going to the bathroom, which he couldn't have done, which he couldn't have done and didn't do because there were video cameras on the hallway into the bathroom. Uh, quick, yeah. uh, Robert, here's the important question, okay? I, I, and and you've been great, and we appreciate it. Why would the league? This is this is where I get confused. Tom Brady. And their ratings mean so much to them. And I realize we'll watch regardless of who's playing quarterback. But in a league where guys are wearing helmets and you can't, it's hard to point out stars like it is in the NBA, this is their star of stars, Tom Brady. Why would no. the league, why would they want to suspend him for four games? Well, that, that's what I was trying to explain to you. He's not their star of stars. He had his okay. years. They do best when new stars are arising. Okay. They do best when the New York Jets, if you'll forgive the term, when the New York Jets a- actually look like a football team that can win. They do best when the Miami Dolphins are doing. He was bad for business. Brady and the Patriots were bad for business. But by the way, there's a certain irony attaching to this whole thing because ultimately – what is justice about? Justice about is about getting what you deserve, right? I mean, that's what our common sense notion of justice is. Well, assuming Tom Brady is innocent, what did he deserve? Well, he deserved to be able to sit out the first four games and play golf with his magnificent wife down in Florida and then keep his body relatively fresh so that he could engineer the greatest comeback in all time of all times in the Super Bowl, if you remember, from being down 28 to three in the third quarter to coming back and winning it. So he might, in the end, have gotten, that's the grand irony of the whole thing. He cheated during that game. He got got exactly what he deserved, an enforced rest and and an opportunity to keep his body fresh. Uh, Listen, I am telling you, you did uh, not a a good job, a great job. I mean, you are one of the greatest guests. Because radio and podcasting, in terms of guests, is all about delivery. And you are delivering the goods right now, my friend. Uh, I'm not sciences. No, I Watch know. the I film. Science, okay? I mean, listen, he, he almost I, makes you think Brady didn't do it. No, I, I'm telling you right now, Mike. You know this better than anyone. At some point, I'm going to need an attorney, and I am calling this man. Okay, like <laughs> Robert, you're my guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> any justification quickly here with Brady playing in a Super Bowl outside of New England? Like he goes to Tampa, he's back in the Super Bowl. That has to justify Brady, right? Well, the end of the film, um, in, in the end of the film, uh, I, I, I talk uh, about um, trial by ordeal. And the, the, if you go back to the Middle Ages, the way we used to conduct, the way they used to conduct trials in the Middle Ages is when a person was accused of, of a crime, they would take a piece of hot metal, white hot metal or red hot metal and, and sear it to his flesh and then bind him up with bandages And then a week later, they would take off the bandages and examine the wound. And if it was oozing and pussy, he was guilty. And if his skin had cleared up, he was innocent. And we say, that's crazy. We look back at it and that's nuts. What does that have to do with his guilt or innocence? It's how his wounds healed. Well, in a sense, whether Brady cheated or not was determined in some part of the public mind by how he performed on the field. And when you see a guy perform at the level he's performed at, And you also see, I mean, really, take a look back at his career. This is a man who has shown respect for the game. And he says that, I wouldn't do this. It's not me. I wouldn't do this. And not only that, remember, he liked the balls exactly at a certain pressure. He examined each one of them. He doesn't want some bozo in in, in a bathroom deflating the ball so that he now is playing with balls that are too flat. So, so. 
before we attach an asterisk to this guy and call him a cheat. I mean, and, and, you know, ask yourself, what is cheating? I I define cheating as a deceptive attempt to gain an unfair advantage by intentionally violating written or unwritten rules that you voluntarily agreed to abide by. If you accept that as a definition, then Tom Brady was no cheat. And that's a very, for an athlete with integrity, that's a very serious accusation. I mean, you know, you guys throw it around. But if you're a serious athlete, to be labeled a cheat should really bother you. And and to have an asterisk, and, you know, I mentioned, I say it in the film, legally, Tom Brady has been convicted, legally. Historically, the funny thing is history tends to have the last word on these things. And I'm convinced that historically, when all is said and done, Legally, he may have been convicted, but historically, we will know. And I think this film goes a long way towards persuading any reasonable, objective observer. We will know that the evidence clearly and convincingly shows those balls were not deflated by humans and nobody cheated except the NFL who manufactured the whole cheating scandal. All right, four games in the fall. Check it out on Amazon. Robert Blecker with us. He's fantastic. He's a large part of the film. Final question for you. We'll let you go. You've been very generous with your time, okay? And perhaps this is the last straw here. You have one more chance to convince us. We're not convinced yet. Uh, Explain that Dr. Guerrero quack, okay? Explain that guy and the fact that Brady looks better now than he did 20 years ago coming out of Michigan. Explain that to me, okay? I'm not sure what you're implying that he's using uh, illegal that, substances. That, that Steve Young went into the Hall of Fame at the age of 42. Brady's playing in a Super Bowl at the age of 43. How the hell? Yeah, how the hell is right? How? Well, first of all, we know the guy is fanatically concerned with his own body. Yeah. Goes to sleep early. Right. Is very conscious about his diet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. And as he loses something, and, and this is really one of the wonderful things about sport that that I um, um, love about sport itself. Sport is, is all about mind and body. And as the body ages, what you're seeing is a, a, a human being whose mind is compensating for his body. His decision making is getting better and better and better. And he knows his limits. He can recognize patterns. He's been through so much and so often. He stays cool under pressure. This is all about mind. Stays cool under pressure, recognizes patterns better than ever, makes choices and decisions better than ever. Now, obviously, there are certain limits to it. It's going to give out. And when it gives out, it'll, it'll his body will give out quickly. But this is a guy drafted, what, 256th? Yeah. The, the fourth player on the seventh round. I mean, it just, but it, it, it's also good because it shows us, it should humble us all and about how fallible we are in, 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 in picking superstars. Again, now, I'm, listen, I'm, he's I'm, been on this podcast. I treat him just fine. Like he's a friend. He's been on my podcast. Like I like him. Treat him with respect. I do. No, but treat his reputation with respect. Oh, I do. I think and, he's, and the, I think he's the great, I, I, Robert, I gotta be honest, serious. I, like, I think of the NFL because it's so violent and the collisions, all of it. I don't think fans care as much as they do with baseball. I think everyone recognizes him as the greatest quarterback ever. How could you not? He's about to play in his 10th goddamn Super Bowl, man. 
four games in the fall. Check it out on Amazon. Robert Blecker, big part of the movie. Uh, appreciate his time. Uh, Professor Emeritus. 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 At New York Law School. Uh, Robert, thank you for the time. I got to tell you. Uh, I am convinced. I, I think you you sold me, and if I need I an attorney, he, and I, I think will, he sold me too. Yeah, yeah. And if I need an attorney, and I will, I'll, I'll be calling you. Okay. <laughs> if you need a philosopher, call me. I will. But but watch the film. I will watch the film, and then you'll be convinced. Julie Marin has made a very important film about about much more than football, by the I'm way. Not science. About, I know. Yeah. Yep. For corporate purposes and political purposes, about the manipulation of facts and truth. I promise you, I will watch the film. I cannot say the same for Mikey A. Uh, because his credit card doesn't work, but I, I'll, I'll get on it. Uh, Robert, thank you. Um, I appreciate it. You, uh, you killed it here. You really, you did a great job. Thanks for having thank me. You. you got it. Thank you, Robert. Thanks, Rob. Take care. Okay. You're not really convinced, are you? Hey. Hey. <laughs> I was just saying nah. it to get him off. <laughs> Stupidity. <laughs> Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lite. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.